What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Sunday League Screamers podcast. I'm your host of today's show, Steve McCutcheon, along with my two co-hosts, Vito Inazelli and Michael Nowen. Say hello, boys. How's it going, Steve? Hey, Steve. What's going on? Feeling good, fellas. Feeling good. Feeling good. We have another great show for you guys today. Before that, please take a second, hit the bell, and subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Also, follow us on Twitter at the SLScreamers underscore pod. So to start the show off, we have some news and notes from around the world. The biggest talking point, I think, you know, especially in international football right now, the World Cup every two years versus four debate. Mm. What's your guys' thoughts and pros and cons on either side? I hate it. I hate everything I hate about it. Too. <laughs> I hate it, too. <laughs> All right, so we know where you guys stand. Good to know. Good to know. Well, here's the thing. I love it for the fact that I'm beginning to see World Cup competition. I don't think anyone's going to oppose that aspect of it, but I hate it from a player perspective. You're already talking about a congested schedule as it is where they want to expand the Champions League format and add all these other teams. And these guys are going to get injured. That's just what it's going to be. While you might be creating more games, you're essentially going to inevitably dilute the quality of play with guys in and out of the lineups so consistently. Yeah. I mean, the way I look at this, and I know we wrote down a couple of pros and cons before, but in my mind, for whatever reason, and, you know, I have my reasons. Whenever I see FIFA come up with some idea, part of me <laughs> just cringes into a little ball. <laughs> and I can't help but think, what's the driving force behind all of this? And what could it mo- be? What could it be? Yeah. And most of the time, it's money. And that's my whole thing is that this is just a ginormous money grab. They're just trying to make this into a more expanded format moving it to two years, 48 teams, it's going to be ridiculous. I think it lowers the prestige, the quality, to Vito's point. Players are more at risk of getting injured because uh, now they're not just playing, you know, at a minimum 48 to 50 games a year, assuming they're in the Champions League or something along those lines. But now with the international football schedules and all that stuff, I just don't see it. I, I can't foresee it being good from a player perspective, to Vito's point. Um, and even from like other tournaments, like whether it's the Champions League, whether it's Conan Bowl, CONCACAF, who I think actually just came out on support, unsurprisingly. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, like some of those other federations, I don't know when they're going to be able to kind of fit these games in and do these, have these schedules with everything kind of baked around. So. Yeah, the, the UEFA chief actually came out and said that he would basically boycott it if they try to push it through. And he, he claimed that the uh, South American Federation was on board with that idea as well and boycotting. I think it was a little um, surprising to see Arsene Wenger, a guy who's coached for 20, 30 years, who knows yeah. how tumultuous a season can be, be the driving force behind trying to make a more congested schedule for these guys. And and I think, Mike, I think Mike, you just said it. Once it was Steve, I apologize. The prestige of the World Cup is, in my opinion, the highest trophy you can win. Your nation be selected and to dilute that to – five times in a decade is it, it takes a lot away the records that have stood for a hundred years or that were have been built over a hundred years are now going to fall to the wayside because people are going to be getting double the amounts of opportunities to make an impact. I don't, I don't see it as being pro, I shouldn't say productive, but as prestigious. And that's my main complaint behind it as well. Yeah. I think it plays way too much on, on the players, honestly, because it takes four years for three, what, three years basically of qualifiers yeah. for the most part. Three, so you have those in there. Half, yeah. You have the European qualifiers for the guys in Europe. I think Africa and Asia are the only two. Uh, CONCACAF, they just came out today, I think, actually, right before we recorded this. They, they did, um, yeah. Said they were open to the idea. But I know Europe yeah. and South America were against it. Oh, what happens to the Gold Cup, the Euros, the Copa America, Africa? What happens to all those competitions too? That's what I'm saying. So it doesn't, it's it's a training ground sense. at that point. And then what happens with like the young guys to the national team? And you're never going to be able to put them in because you're just talking about only World Cup games. Like, yeah, they're never going to bring in talent. On, it doesn't make any level. sense. No, it, it not only dilutes the prestige of the World Cup, but now all the other competitions around it. Exactly. Like, in terms of international. And then you run into like the Summer Olympics. The, like, yeah. There's so many TV right issues that you're going to come into. It just doesn't make any sense. I get it. $6 billion in 2018 with, worth of revenue. I, I get it. Trust me. But like it just doesn't. It's almost like we ran into this issue at the beginning of the summer with a certain league that was trying to form. <laughs> so, the league that shall not be named. <laughs> I have, I, good thing I have no idea what you guys are talking about. But yeah, I no, just don't. And it, it's it's funny too because there's just, just this outdated concept, not not concept, um, reasoning for the committees to push something like this in terms of 
we're going to generate more revenue. Well, haven't we been in a situation before where numerous reports come out and they tell you that the, the countries hosting the World Cup actually lose money? So if, if that's the case, what, you can't use that as an argument. No, no, no. So the country themselves might lose the money because of all the construction costs and stuff like that. What, the people that gain the money is FIFA, the FIFA organization themselves, like for selling all the yeah. TV rights and other broadcasting yeah. and stuff point, like that. It doesn't go to the people who, who deserve it for hosting the tournament in the first place. Oh, so yeah, no, trying to change the reallocation, that is such a moot point. It's, it's not even worth thinking about. I mean, you think they give a shit? FIFA's only the <laughs> well, I'm not saying they give a shit. I'm just saying I, I give a shit. Like, <laughs> we might, but they really don't. Their, po- their pockets love it. But whatever, we'll, we'll, we'll move on from that before we all get too angry. We do have some... One thing. What's worse? A World Cup every two years or making a kick-in instead of a throw-in? Or seeing a kick-in every two years at a World Cup? <laughs> Ooh, I think the, throw the 48 team What's worse? question in there, too. Rule change or more competition? If you had to have your pick gonna, of the two. I'm, I'm going to one-up you on that. The World Cup every two years or the Super League? One has to stay. Ooh. If Super League allows actual relegation, I'm going with that one. Yeah, just be. Yeah, okay. I would too. Mm. I like the world. Do every four. It just. It's just. It's such a perfect tournament. Like the way it's formed right now. It just. It just needs no. Not no changes. Mm-hmm. None. Makes no sense. We do have um Champions League group stage uh, matches coming up. Our first match week right now. We got four Premier League teams playing. Uh, first up, we got Chelsea and Zenit. Tuesday. Yeah, that's that's going to be a more difficult game than I think a lot of people are anticipating. Zenit's in a really good uh, streak of form right now, and I know Chelsea is as well. And it, being at at Stamford Bridge uh, in London, you have to you know obviously give the nod to Chelsea, especially you know coming off Champions League victory last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't seem like they're slowing down to any degree. So I think if you had to pick somebody here, you're going to go with Chelsea. But I think this is going to be a much more difficult game than most people are thinking. The away fixture should be good at too, because a lot of times when people are traveling over to Russia, it doesn't really end up well too uh, too well for them. Yeah, but yeah, no, I, I definitely think Chelsea here has just too much quality for them. It will be interesting though, because they did they did just play uh, where they got two day two day break. It looks like right, mm. they played Saturday, so Sunday Monday. No Kante, right no Pulisic. Yeah, they do have some injuries. To your point, Vito, I think it's going to be a much harder game than a lot of people realize <clears throat> and Zenit right now they're sitting top of the Russian Premier League mm-hmm. right they're at 17 points leading the pack by two right now they're in really good form um I think it's gonna be not a sh- I don't want to say a shootout but it's gonna be a test like a strong test yeah. for Chelsea um and I'll be curious to see especially defensively what they do uh kind of given like the form that Zenit's in you know it's not just gonna be a rollover type of game like they're gonna have to come out and play so yeah I really the games are yeah, I really earmarked Zenit in this group to be the kind of deciding matches for who's going to end up going through. Maybe maybe if you wanted to say, look, Juve and Chelsea are going to come out on top. I think it's the, the Zenit games for both of those teams are going to determine who finishes top and bottom. I think they're a, a real test. You expect them to, um, you know, probably beat Malmo realistically both those both times yeah. out. So a, a lapse against Zenit could be the difference between one of these teams going through top and going through second. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Then also Tuesday we got Man U traveling to Switzerland to face on Young Boys and our boy Jordan Pifo. Oh, is he uh, is he hurt or is he good now? Not sure. Hopefully he's playing. Hopefully. But yeah. Uh, <clears throat> long story short, Man U. I mean, they just signed Ronaldo, and <clears throat> we'll obviously get into that and how he played over the weekend. But I do not see them losing that game. Yeah, I mean, regardless of the fact that he's an one of the best to ever play the game. The Champions League is somehow inconceivably even a step up for him. I mean, he's just unbelievable in that tournament. You know, he's that's not a game he's going to want to sit out either. So I I can't see any other winner here than United. Yeah, I'm going to go with that too. Although playing away in the Champions League, never easy as well. That can yeah. be a, a pretty hostile environment. Uh, Wednesday, we got two games. First one, Man City and Lisbon. Leipzig, you do this literally every week. Yeah, I'm not doing it. they got Jesse Parsh has to earn that title, baby. Got to earn it every week. <laughs> hey, hey, Mike, calm down there, Atalanta. Atalanta, I've learned how to pronounce it now. Oh, okay, yeah. Atlanta. Well, <laughs> I, th- I think you have to give the tip of the cap here, to, not tip of the cap, but give the nod to City here, of course. But if there's ever a tournament for Pep Guardiola to overthink, it is this tournament. So. 
it's not going to be an easy game for them by any means. Leipzig's a quality squad, even after losing someone like Marcel Sabitzer to Bayern Munich. Um, but I, I think City's just going to have too much to throw at them to see this going any other way. Yeah, I just don't foresee Leipzig being able to have the firepower to to honestly keep up with them. Um, you know, they're not necessarily in great form in the Bundesliga right now, to be honest. Um, City are kind of kicking into gear a little bit in the Prem. I think that the cards are just stacked against them too much. Yeah. At least for this game. <clears throat> I agree. No, I agree with you guys. They're just in really bad form right now. And I think City, just, you know, rolling on through is, is uh, business as usual. So last game for uh, Premier League squad, we got Liverpool and Milan. AC Milan is back for the first time in about, what, eight years? Longer. Oh, they are back, baby. Yeah. They're back. Ibra scoring goals. It's like a yep. it's a time warp going on at AC Milan right now. I think of a all the Premier League teams. Action. Yeah. I think of all the Premier League teams in action this weekend, this is going to be the most interesting battle. That Milan's undefeated so far, 3-0. Have only conceded one goal in those three games, which is the lowest in Syria. And to Mike's point with Zlatan back in that lineup, you thought they were going to be a little hampered when they lost Kalangalu. But – I think this one's going to end up in a draw. I think Liverpool is going to have a tough time with Milan. Are they at Milan? They're in. No, they're at Anfield. They're at Anfield. They're in the Anfield. Yeah. In Anfield. Uh, I I don't know. That that place is a fortress, man. Um, I'm thinking Milan draw. I I don't know. Anfield is, that place is special. The 12th man effect is real. I would probably say a Liverpool 2 1 win. You want to hear something interesting? These two teams have only met twice in Champions League competitions. Both of them were in Champions League finals, with each of them have taken one. We know oh, that three, that three grudge three match, games. grudge match. <laughs> Thank go. God we get two of them. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. Moving on, though, we got our stars and stripes recaps, where we go over all American performances from the United States men's national play- team players from across the globe. First up, Buzio from Venezia. When do you guys want to take that? Yeah, real fast. Uh, Buzio had a pretty solid game, 90 minutes, played in the 2-1 victory over Empoli. 81% pass accuracy, one key pass, 7-13 from the duels, uh, had a 7.6 rating, and had a hockey assist. Um, pretty solid performance by him overall, um, you know, for a, at least especially for a lot of Americans, a lackluster weekend. So it was good to see him putting up some good statistics. No, yeah, absolutely, dude. And then, uh, you know, they're playing for the American – national team over in Italy for the most part. So him, Tessman, I think got one more uh, DeFries, I think now too over there. So USMVT. <laughs> Next up, Cameron Carter Vickers. Yeah. Had a, had an amazing weekend. Uh, he, he played the full game on the 3-0 win, scored a goal, man of the match performance, almost 90% passing uh, seven out of 11 duels, one with nine recoveries. I mean, he was just all over the place in, in, in the back of that uh, defense for them. So it was a really, really strong performance for him. And I hope he can keep that up because after that John Brooks back pass or whatever it was last last time out, I mean, we he could be vying for a spot back there. He might be vying for a spot back at Spurs soon, given the defensive woes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you think he actually but, signs back with them, though? I feel like him no, and the no, they don't get along. No, they, uh, Celtic will keep him, but yeah. it's a different story. I feel you. I feel you. We got Tim Ream. He played uh, 90 minutes for Fulham in a one nothing loss, but he had 97% pass accuracy, uh, six out of seven accurate long balls, three out of three duels, one, three clearances, eight recoveries. Pretty good day at the office. Unfortunate that they lost. But um, I, I really like the accurate long balls out of him, and especially uh, Cameron, too, actually had a pretty good amount, nine out of 14. Mm-hmm. But um, something we do see quite often from United, United States team uh, out of the back is like those one those over-the-top balls to our wingers. Uh, if we do have a center back that can ping those passes, I think it's actually kind of crucial. And not that um, I know United States men's national team Twitter doesn't want to see Reem in there, but um, <laughs> if he gets the job done and he could, he could you know, spur some attacks on there, mm-hmm. all for it. And the last guy on the list, Ricardo Pepe, makes another appearance. Yeah, I picked up right where he left off from international duty. Huh? He scored a goal, five chances created. I mean, the team drew, but he had a he had a pretty outstanding game. I definitely wanted to watch for the future and. I, he he's electric out there. I I loved him in that uh, in that last game they just played. Um, so Big I'm hoping to keep that going. Yeah, you guys, definitely. You guys hear that? You hear the that chugging coming along? That whistle coming down? That's the hype train. It's coming. <laughs> the Pepe hype train is here. <laughs> I wish I can cut that from this video. Oh god! Yeah. 
Was that cringeworthy? Just a little bit. A little bit. 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 No. All right, fair enough. <laughs> Slightly. Oh, dad joke, I guess, right? But yeah, no, nah, dude, he was all, he was awesome in that game. He was the difference maker for us, without a doubt. It mm-hmm. just it's played so. It was honestly what I think U.S. fans wanted to see as a number nine for how many years now at this point? And granted, since, yes, it's a one, since Dempsey a one game retired essentially. Yeah. It's a one game yeah. sample size, and I get that. It's yeah. against Honduras, whatever. But the fact that you could do that, he's 18 years old, he's not afraid of the big moment. Like the amount of pressure that was on this team going into that game, especially after going down one nothing. Oh, yeah. Unreal. Great performance by him. And then following up right at the, uh, right the weekend, too. He'll be in Europe soon, very soon. Yeah. Fabrizio, yeah. speaking of him, Romano said on, a, I think it was on like a Twitch podcast with somebody that a couple Serie A teams have been looking at him so who knows maybe he goes to venezia venezia the u.s national team in italy so (laughs) soon enough soon enough let's move on though we got the barclays Premier league we got to cover too as well um mike cover your ears real quick we got our weekly recap crystal palace versus spurs sunday morning game the honeymoon phase is officially over in North London. They dropped from first place all the way down to seventh after a three nil thrashing from Crystal Palace. Uh, Tanganga got sent off in the second half within like a couple minutes, two yellow cards back to back. Dyer limped off injured. Very short-handed on defense, and Sanchez isn't allowed to play right now. Your expected goals were 0.07, <laughs> basically as low as you can possibly get, I think, without not playing the game. Um, what are, we, what are we feeling about that one, man? That that one, uh, it, earth. it definitely stung. I'll, I'll say that. And I know I tweeted that morning that I couldn't believe I woke up at 7 30 a.m. for that shit, <laughs> but but uh, you know, it, it is what it is, and it you know, it, we expected it to happen eventually for them to come kind of crashing back down to earth. It happens, take the loss, move on, learn from it. Hopefully, that's what separates Nuno from his predecessors, Mourinho, especially. And he makes a positive change in the future. Um, Unfortunate with Jaffa Tanganga. I understand the initial yellow card. I was actually pretty excited that he made that tackle because he stopped a dead breakaway against Zaha. But um, the second yellow yellow card was just absolutely stupid. He lost his cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Put his team in a bad position. They ended up getting smacked. And also speaking of a positive debut, uh, what's his name? Edward. Edward. Yeah, had a phenomenal debut. Good for him. If he plays like that, you know, maybe Palace have a you know serious attack coming forward. A young serious attack with Zaha, a Gehi, whatever his name is, right? Yeah. Am I saying that right? And then Ezi, him. um, There's a lot of options moving forward for them. So that's 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 a positive performance for them. So. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, um, Edward, they just signed from Celtic over the summer, and I. Not 100% certain, but he might have been like a club record signing. I think he was like 30-something million, yeah, I think. He, he was up there, yeah. Um, so positive impact from him. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Mike. I think this was only a matter of time. You can't only you can win every game 1-0. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. But credit to Palace, though, too. They, they brought the fight the entire time. Their crowd, oh, they, crowd they was totally, rocking the entire they game. They totally outplayed. Definitely. Them. The crowd was ridiculous. The energy yeah. in, that, in that park was absurd. Yeah. That – um. Grant, even with the red card, I thought that scoreline, not necessarily 3-0, but definitely a palace when it was way more than yeah, you know, that, that yeah. entire game. Um, next up, Watford and Wolves. Good to see Wolves on the score chart. Um, we're, we're talking about 1-0 wins for Tottenham, and uh, Wolves, unfortunately, were suffering a lot of 1-0 losses, if I'm correctly, if that three of them, right, opening the season was yeah. all 3-1-0. Yeah. So it was good to see them to get that 2-0 win. I think they, des- they deserve this one clearly over a struggling Watford team who we expect to struggle for large parts of this season, unfortunately. Um, but given how they've played in the start of the season, this was this was just a matter of time. It was an own goal to kick it off, which I, I, I like to see it happen. But Huang <laughs> Chan, um, I believe he came over. Was he in the Bundesliga originally? Yep, he was at yeah. Lesbian, right? Yeah, that, yeah. that team. Lisbon. <laughs> Yeah, you playing for yeah, just to piss me off on that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean 18th to 13th. We didn't expect them to stay down in that relegation zone for <clears> long. <throat> so it looks like they're getting their feet underneath them. Hopefully Watford can learn to turn to you know change things around a little bit. I mean, unfortunately, again, they had to go down with an own goal in the 75th minute. They were 15 minutes away potentially from pulling a point out there, but we'll see. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, they create so many goals, 7.93 through the first four games. It's unfortunate that they've only scored two so far, but that's sometimes the way it falls. I don't see them uh, having too much more trouble, and they, they should be fine up the table very shortly. 
We then had a Brentford versus Brighton. Uh, Brighton came away with all three points, courtesy of a 90th-minute winner from Trossard. Uh, for once, they really didn't look as creative as they have been in the past, but they found a way to get the dub. Brentford, Watford, and Burnley, they've won so far, and their one loss is against Everton. So they're taking points away from the teams they should be taking them off of. Uh, granted, mm-hmm. all three of them are wins, which is great for them. Typically, you see, saw them last year drawing a lot of those games. So mm-hmm. moving up, they were up the third place on Saturday in the Champions League spot, but they got bumped down to six after Sunday. Good for them. It's a great sign for the future. And if they keep putting away chances, who knows where they're going to end up. Yeah. Then we have Arsenal and Norwich. Ah, finally. Game of the week. Arsenal's level. (laughs) 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 Just kidding. I'm just kidding. You're not, though. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, the biggest headline of this story is that Arsenal won. Um, and not just one, but they actually scored a goal. Aubameyang scored the winner. Uh, maybe it's the start of something for Mikel Arteta. Maybe the start of a turnaround. This is the run of form that they needed. Um, for Norwich, it is not looking the most promising, at least the first couple games in for them. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Arsenal rebound, at least this upcoming week with the games they have. Uh, I think they, I read online that they have, I think over the next five weeks, one of the easier schedules mm-hmm. in terms of the teams they're playing. So this might be some time for them to make up some lost ground, given some of the games they've had. So. Hopefully, you know, and from their sake and from Mikel Arteta's sake, going into a North London derby, also be able to get a little bit of momentum moving into it. Yeah, I mean, thankfully, given how Norwich's uh, season was looking fixture-wise at the beginning, yeah, they're teams had to play. Yeah, Norwich finally on a much easier stretch coming up very shortly, but they were running into some must-win territory because otherwise, you get too far behind, it's going to be being a Sheffield situation like last year. Yeah. Then we got Manchester United and Newcastle. The prodigy son returns. Prodigal. Jesus. <laughs> Dude, it's late. It is late. I'm busting shots. No, I mean, yeah. Ronaldo comes in, scores two goals. I mean, that was probably a negative 500 bet at the casino, realistically. Uh, a <laughs> 5, a Bruno, bro. Yeah, 5,000. <laughs> Bruno Fernandez with an absolute world into the corner. And even Jay Ling's the god gets on the board in the in the 92nd minute. I think dominating mm. performance. There was only way that one way this game was ever going to go. Um, they they meant business. There was there was no way that Ronaldo was going to falter on his return. They deserved it. 64 percent possession, 21 shots, uh, and almost 650 passes in that game. So well played, United, and um, they're really they're really getting on a roll. Yeah, Pogba in particular too. What do you know? Seven, seven assists, seven, I think now. Jesus, yeah, he's he's humming, man. He is playing. What's the what's the record? It's like nineteen, I think. Right? I is think it like Bruno, seven? not Bruno. Um, De Bruyne De just said it right, like last year. Yeah, he's he is well on track. <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. We'll have a broken by week ten at this pace. Might be. Is uh, Man U the new Portugal national team, or Wolves still have that one? I think it's still uh, Wolves. Wolves. Still yeah, Wolves. I, don't, I don't think you can yeah. really take that away from Wolves. <laughs> so. Wolves just might be the B team. United might be the A team right now. Yeah, with just two guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be the reason. best two. Yeah. Then we had uh, Southampton and West Ham. Uh, after the opening league, uh, looking like the hottest team, West Ham finally cooled off. It's their second straight, second straight draw now. This one was nil-nil to Southampton. Uh, each team had chances to win this game, though, especially late on. It was a really rocky ending. It's kind of fun to watch. Um, talking point, though, Mikel Antonio got a second yellow card, ended up being a red, mm-hmm. and he's going to miss the Man City game now. Man U. Man I'm sorry about that, which mm-hmm. is a huge loss for them. Um, should be interesting to uh, to see what happens and everything, but we, 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 we thought uh, originally after the first couple weeks they are going to be a Champions League team. What are we feeling now on them? Champions League. I never said Champions League. And I put we said put, push push for check the oh receipts. Check the receipts. Um, but I still think they'll be pushing for you know European competition. Uh Champions League, no. I've always said they have the potential for the UEFA um Nations League. Yeah. Or conference, whatever it is. Yeah, conference league. I think that's probably where they'll end up falling, realistically. So <clears throat> Gotcha, gotcha. I uh, we'll have to check. I don't know if you were there for that episode. You missed a few. <laughs> uh, next up, Leicester City and Man City. Yeah, uh, Man City. You know, long story short, took home the max points, one nil win. Silva scoring, uh, definitely the right right result. Um, and it was a good performance defensively. 
Um, not much more to it in terms of like major flashpoints or things of that nature. Um, Man City are just beginning to hum. They're getting into gear. Um, I think this is kind of the point of the season too. If you look at the standings, I know we'll get into some of the other teams, but City, Manchester United, Liverpool, Chelsea, they're all kind of starting it's to, starting to yeah. pull away. So I think, I think we're going to start seeing that gap really get larger over the next like two to three weeks. So. Yeah. Goal differential too. It's all like spot on. I think each of them had 10 yeah. points, eight, eight plus eight goal differential too. Yeah. Let me ask you something about this. Leicester city is not the type of team to sit back and defend. They want to take the ball, the ball to the opponents. They want to try to press the game and play their style. It felt like they didn't really try to do that with city. Do you think that's maybe they're identifying a little couple issues and they they're like, we have to adjust maybe our best, idea is to change up the game plan a little bit because that was not the lesser city we typically see week in week out something's going on with them though because they're, they're not looking at all like what they have in the past couple of years no. it, it's it's very it's very strange what's going on in their camp right now even from the last what the last month and a half two months when they played uh man city right or was it man city or chelsea who they played in the fa cup city city oh. i mean no my the, the community shield, shield was community city shield. chelsea was the fa cup and they beat city in the community shield yeah they beat both won both of the games so, I mean, even from like that point on, like as recent as the community shield, like they have not looked to, to your point, Steve, as like the same team. I don't know if it's like uh, some type of mantra or mojo that's off of them right now, but they need to kind of, you know, if they want to get back on track, finish like that European position, which they're very much capable of, they got to pull it together. So, and I mean, in Luster's defense, no pun intended, they were pretty unlucky to concede that goal off a deflection off Sayanchu, try to make a block. Yeah. So, it, it uh, yeah, almost but at the same time, it's, that result was very telling of the the, uh, the whole 90-minute match. Yeah. Uh, we had a primetime game on Saturday, Chelsea and Ashton Villa. Yeah. yeah, we all picked a different result for this, huh? I think, Steve, you took a win. I took a draw. I might took a villain win. Oh, um, no. I took a I took a Chelsea win. You took a Chelsea win? All right. Yeah. I'll trust why you, you on th- that. Why, why are you trying to throw why everyone else on the bus? I'm checking the receipts this one. <laughs> Dude, I swear to God. Chelsea all right, win. all right. Well, <laughs> we anyway. We can listen back. Anyway, yeah, I mean, the first half, all Aston Villa. I mean, they were just completely in control. Chelsea had a little bit of the ball here and there, but for the most part, villains were right at their throats the whole time. It looked almost certain that they were going to get a winner. At one point, Ole Watkins rounds Mendy, and it took a Thiago Silva sliding block on a basically open net for the most part to keep a goal out. I, I think Aston Villa were a little unfortunate to lose this game, given what they threw at it. I it's just, it's unfortunate. Tyrone Mings with a very sloppy back pass and Kovacic yeah. is quickest to react. And at 2-0 with that Chelsea team, I, I believe at the bridge, they were, there was no, there was not going to be another outcome at that point. Um, I think very Chelsea, goal. yeah, I think, yes. I think the scoreline flatters Chelsea a little more than the way that game played out. But with that being said, this is the Premier League. It comes down to moments of quality and when the chances come around players like Kuklaku who step up in the what, 88th minute and, and score an absolute belter from outside the 18. So fair play to Chelsea and, and good win. That puts them level on, I mean, on points in the top of the league now. You make mistakes like that at that level against that type of team gonna be punished. the Champions League. It's 10 out of 10 times, you're, you're done. Yeah. So. Yep. No, I completely agree. Um, I still felt there was a little, little bit of the right result at the same time, but Ashton Villa <clears> definitely <throat> should have had a goal or two, in, in my opinion, as well. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I don't, it's weird though. I don't think the Chelsea midfielders really know how to link up with Lukaku yet after playing with uh, someone like Werner who makes more runs. I mean, Lukaku is a little much more hold up. Yeah, there were a couple times I saw Lukaku trying to trying to make diagonal runs into the channel. I was hoping someone in the midfield would spin him out into there, but they, they just don't. They didn't it's find weird. him there. Um, he's I also open there was, too. Yeah, there was a couple times as well where you can tell the ball was played from outside into the middle of the park, or it should have been at least, and it, it just wasn't. Um, a little loss of connectivity, I think, between that mm-hmm. midfield. So I think you're right. Once once they're going full stride, full um, full health, I should say, I think you're going to see a little bit different strategy. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, then we had Liverpool leads on Sunday, another three zero win. This one in favor of Liverpool. Um, what do you guys think about leads right now, man? I know they had a little bit of a tough schedule, but the sophomore slump's killing them. Everyone, yeah, they're one really point is. above or one spot above relegation. Mm-hmm. It's not looking too good I, right now. I still have a lot of confidence in Marcelo and that team and the way they play, but I, I forget who said it earlier, but I think they're starting to be found out. 
like that game plan and that style. Yeah. And like people will just realize like sit counter, they're going to bring it all. And then that's how you beat them. And it's especially when you're playing a team like Liverpool who are purposely built to counter. Yeah. You're going to get torn to shreds and that's exactly what happened. So um, it's, it's definitely a worrying time for Leeds. I still think they have the ability to pull it out, not be relegated. Do I think that they finish in that top half? I'm still kind of at this point a little questioning that now. Definitely the way they've been tough starts to the season are are difficult to overcome from a mentality standpoint. I mean, I know (laughs) Bezo knows how to motivate his troops, but yeah, I I mean, yeah, we had said it before the season started that sophomore slump is, I mean, it's always going to hit one team, one of the three teams that were up, you know, maybe didn't go down, but it's very worrying from the Leeds perspective, especially because they're not scoring the goals. It's not like they're they're yep. losing yeah. four to three. They're not putting goals in the net right now. And that's four, what one, they're supposed three, to be oh, doing. Yeah. 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 On a side note, too, uh, hopefully, you know, if anyone watched that game, hopefully Harvey Elliott pairs up to yeah. him. Like that was a horrendous tackle. Hopefully it's it's it was obviously a bad injury, but sir. I think he said he dislocated it, was the final verdict. Yeah. We'd love to see him back on the field. Hopefully it's relatively soon, um, as soon as possible, because he's obviously a talented player. So yeah, absolutely. That's probably best case scenario, honestly, for him. Looked a lot uglier. Mm-hmm. Uh last game of the week, <clears throat> Monday night football, Everton versus Burnley. Oh yeah. Uh long story short, I honestly picked Everton to get a draw this game. I really thought this would be the game. They come back in that sense, Everton come crashing down to earth a little bit. All everything with Rafa and whatnot. Um, they put my words and shoved them back in my face. So <laughs> they won three to one. It was a really solid game for them. Burnley had a couple big chances. You know, Wood had, Wood, Wood had a header that he just kind of looked like he backed out of, and he kind of was like, I don't know, because he thought he might have got hit by Jordan Pickford, Scared. which which I don't fair, blame him very for fair. because he absolutely murdered Van Dyke last year. So I get <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally get it. But um, he he honestly should have had headed that ball, and me had the me it was able to capitalize and kind of tie it but after that Everton just I think it was like a six or ten minute span where they just literally it's like a bomb bomb went off like specifically Andres Townsend channeling his inner Gareth Bale cutting on the left foot and Ducore had two assists on those that was a bomb an absolute bomb um they're they're looking good man they're looking really good so yeah they spread the cheeks of Burnley and that eight minute span but it, it, in all seriousness i was really impressed when burnley went up and maybe 30 seconds off the restart you just see everton flying down the field putting pressure on i was like i, I remember thinking like that is an incredible response from this team incredible response and i, I that's probably down to, to rafa do, do you think that you would see that in an everton last year with ancelotti maybe because no. you didn't see that type of response that frequently last year they were at the guns for the ready as soon as as soon as they went down a goal. So that I mean, was without worse. that was without Dominic, Dominic Calvert Lewin playing. Yeah, also, yeah. So I mean, that was that out, made it um, even more impressive. So shout out to Mari Gray, man, best best one and a half million dollars ever spent yep. apparently from Everton. Three straight three games, goals, three games. The goal. Yeah, that's a big uh, big use of funds right there, especially when they've been uh, trans not transfer banned, but I guess they had a little bit of financial fair play thing they they ran into and they've also had their issues with transfers in general where they mm-hmm. spend money and the players don't show up. So yeah. Um so, since that's our last game and we're talking about goals, I did want to give a quick shout out to Mo Salah scored his 100th Premier League goal in that game versus Leeds. So congratulations to him. That's a pretty incredible feat. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Him leaving Chelsea still burns a little bit, so I don't like. I don't like to congratulate him. Let's uh, move on. We got some bold predictions we got to go over for the next match week coming up this weekend. First up, we got Newcastle and Leeds. Kind of an interesting one. We got two. Well, Newcastle is what eighteenth, Leeds seventeenth. <laughs> Wouldn't yeah. picture that. Battle of the bottoms. I, I this. This is tough. I, I think it's going to end up in a draw. A new, both teams have difficulty scoring, and they both are leaking in goals. I mean, you're talking about just who, who happens to show up on the day at this point. Um, and given the way things are going, I don't, I'm don't i not sure either of them are going to it. I, I think this is going to be a pretty low scoring. Um, while not dull, but I can see a draw coming out of this match. Michael? Yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> my heart is really telling me leads. And my head is saying otherwise, 
Um, but then also that gambler in me is saying, you know, they're due. <laughs> um, Love that logic. That's my favorite kind when I place a bet. Yeah. <laughs> so with that, I, I do think leads are due. I, I do think that this might be the game that kind of kickstarts it a little bit for them. So I would say leads like a, a one nil win. So. Yeah, I'm with you on that, man. Friday night football. Um, I think it's just a perfect type of team that they need to get the mojo going again. Someone just kind of like them leaking in a little bit. And then um, I think they're, I think they're more talented than Newcastle as well. So Mm -hmm. yeah, um, I'm gonna take a Leeds win there two one. Okay. Saturday games to kick it off in the AM. We got Wolves and Brentford. Yeah, I'm actually going to go to another draw for this one. I, I know we Wolves just got their first one of the season, and I know they were playing well for the first three games, but they really struggled to break down Watford, who are, are let's be honest, are sh- struggling this season for the most part and probably will struggle for the remaining season. And it took yep. an own goal to really have to force Watford out of that deep block and to try to attack them to get that second goal. And that was very late on in the game. I think Brentford's a better team, so I, I think they're going to give them a, a pretty good attacking match. I see this one probably going about 2-2. Mm. I mean, Brentford in general, too, like they're going to be pressing. They have a specific style of play, kind of similar to Wolves in that sense, where yeah. both teams are on the front foot. Um, Brentford, maybe a little suspect defensively, potentially. Wolves, I wouldn't say suspect, but known for the occasional blunder. We'll, we'll say that. Um, I think a draw is probably a, a, a solid result here. It really makes me go all three of the same result. It's, it's messed up. All right, well, we're mind. just correct is all. I mean, what are you going to do? Well, <laughs> now both, both of you are now wrong. Uh, Wolves <laughs> is taking this one 2-1. Put me down for that one. All right. All right I have no other logic behind it because I was going to go draw, but just to be an asshole, we're okay. going next. Then we got Burnley, Arsenal, 10 a.m. Yeah. Uh, Sean well, Deitch pull off the masterclass? I mean, I thought he was going to pull it off with Everton today, but, I mean, that definitely backfired. So, I don't know. Um, I love me some Sean Dyche, but do I think he pulls off a masterclass against Arsenal? Are, are they home in the turf more? They are. Turf more. Oof. At the Fortress. So that's Yeah, it's Oof. a little tougher now. Tempting, but I'm going to go with an Arsenal win, 1-0. I, I actually completely agree with that scoreline, Mike. Um while Arsenal squeaked by last week, they did produce 30 shots. Um, I, Aubameyang's back. He just scored. Hopefully he's back in form for them because they desperately need him at this point. And I, I just can't see Burnley taking more from this game. Although, pretty sloppy Arsenal defense is pretty standard these days. So maybe they can squeak one by like they did this week against Everton. I'm going to take a 1-1 draw there with Burnley. They uh, turf more as a fortress, so. Okay. Probably, uh, if I had to guess, probably defender scoring with their luck, but yeah. See, then we got Liverpool, Crystal Palace at Anfield. Yeah. So, I mean, Palace after that thrashing, as you eloquently stated, of Spurs uh, last no idea week. No, you were talking about. <laughs> uh, I just don't foresee them putting up one, a three nil scoreline against Liverpool, and then two, having the ability to repeat a win against Liverpool. Like we talked about, I think the gap between that top four and the rest of those teams, Crystal Palace especially, um, since they're that more or less bottom half, in my opinion, I don't foresee them having the ability to get a, a point out of this game. I would probably say a, a Liverpool 2 no win is what I would expect out of this. Yeah, I'm going to go 3-0 Liverpool, but I, <clears throat> I think they're going to be clear and far away. They're at Anfield this week as well, so it's always a tough place to play. Yeah, we saw it with the Chelsea uh crystal palace game first game of the season and just how different the class was between the two teams i think we're very similar strength in terms of chelsea and liverpool so i don't see how palace can be able to pull that one off but you never know they do typically play some teams away pretty tough it just that one just seems a little too much for them uh the next up also 10 a.m man city southampton city next That's fair. <laughs> do, we, do we want? Do we want to give it? Do we want to? No. I think that's pretty fair. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm uh, sorry. No, no disrespect. I'm only busting, but it's it's going to be disrespect. city. You're losing Southampton. Sorry, it's going to be city. Yeah, we just they're, lost they're, every they're, Southampton follower we had. It's okay. Yeah, well, a, they're on a roll. Sorry. <laughs> then we have uh, the last 10 a.m. of that day. Norwich Watford. Um, I cannot wait. <laughs> I swear to so, God, this is the one game I want to see on Saturday more than any other. Like, why? I like why? how it's, pri- like it's prime time, too, by the way. It's just, can you explain? 
Yeah, because it's, it's prime. You're talking about the two major candidates for relegation this year, based mm-hmm. on how the season's going. Mm-hmm. This is going to tell you so much about the mentality of both these teams coming to this game. What it's if you come into this game, you have to want it. If you don't come out firing in all cylinders, how you how do you possibly expect to stay in the league? I want to see true. the reaction that these guys have, knowing That's that true. they're probably going to be fighting, and that these they take three points off one another. Yeah, that's big. Yeah. So what are your it's predictions? It's a must-win game for both sides. What's your prediction? Norwich. 2-1 Norwich. I'm with Vito on that one. I actually like that scoreline a lot. Uh, they've also played well in some of their losses, too, where I yeah. think they should have scored. They should have gotten some points off of it, and this is a very winnable game, and that was a bit against much better competition. Um, I think they have a little bit more going forward than Wofford does, so 2-1. I would agree, Norwich, but instead of a 2-1, a 1-0. Oh, he's very defensive, apparently. Okay. I think it'll be just more cagey than anything. Fair, very fair. Sunday, or no, we actually have one more game. I apologize. Uh, Ashton Villa-Everton. That's the primetime game. The last one was 10 o'clock. My apologies. Yeah, this is going to be a pretty interesting battle. Uh, given the run of form that Everton are in, and what we were just talking about them earlier, I, I think you have to look at Everton for this win. I think it's going to be – I think it's going to be a really good game. It's going to be very fluid and open. Everton likes likes to attack, and they like to play with those wide guys who are absolutely electric right now, especially in that Andrew Townsend. But um, I think it's just going to be a little too much for Aston Villa. I think it's going to, again, be the same scoreline, a 2-1, as we just said for Norwich Watford. Okay. What are we feeling there, Noah? Yeah, definitely going to be – the best game or one of the better games I should say on paper, like match wise in terms of like two teams that are like pen, pen on pen, like should be good pound for pound. But um, I want to say Everton have that slight edge, but I don't know. Cause obviously we've seen a little bit earlier in the season, some defensive woes. And I get the feeling that Aston Villa is the type of team that they have the ability to pounce on that. Um, because of that, I can easily see this kind of being like a, a one-one draw or something along those lines, and that's probably the scoreline I would stick with. Um, I need to start giving my predictions first, so you guys are copying me. Yeah, I'm thinking one-one, two-two as well. There, uh, definitely a draw. Okay. Uh, next up, Sunday morning, nine a.m. Eastern time, Brighton <laughs> and Leicester. I'm going first. Um, <laughs> Maybe I'm being a little biased just because we had a interviewee on as a Brighton Ava home fan. That we'll touch on at the end for all our listeners. Yeah, that would be out on Friday for us. But um, I like what they're doing. Leicester's not looking too good right now. I could easily see this. They are playing at the Amex, so I'm thinking one. Amex one is, a tough, is a tough place to yeah. play. It's a very I'm tough one, place. One to nothing Brighton. Take that dub home. Neil Mal- Malpe. Okay, now I know what it feels like to be you because that was my exact scoreline and result. Yeah. Eat shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want Brighton to win. They're in good form right now. Uh, Leicester is definitely trending downwards. I get the feeling that this is going to be a 1-1 draw, not a not a win for Brighton. Yeah, so. I was teetering on that exact that, that scoreline as well too, Mike, because <laughs> it's hard to picture Leicester not getting a goal, but I'm sticking my one, one, my one Oh, sorry. Okay. Okay. The other nine o'clock game that we got that day, West Ham at home against Manchester United. Tough one. Which West Ham showing up? Uh, no. Well, not, not the West Ham with Mikel Antonio. <laughs> Since yeah, that's, a fact. Exactly. that's a fact. So because of that, they're missing their all time leading goal scorer. Now um, I'm not giving them a shot against, Manchester United with Ronaldo in form and that whole team playing out of their minds. Yeah, um, I, I just don't foresee West Ham having the ability to pull that off. I, I think if this is pre-Ronaldo, Manchester United, you talk about that inconsistency. They've had it a lot of times. Then you might think maybe they, they slide off a great performance, but there's no way Ronaldo lets that happen. And I, to Mike's point, no Mikel Antonio, player of the month for August, by far their best player on the field every time they stepped out there. Well, until last week, that is. Um, yeah, I'd take United here probably at a 3-1 scoreline. Did you guys get the feel at all? I don't know if you watched the entire Man U game, especially more the first half than the second. Did it remind you of like a Juventus team where Ronaldo had to carry or they felt like they were trying to force him into doing a lot of the, like a lot of the uh, goal scoring? 
It, fe- it felt to me like he was trying to carry. More. I think they just wanted to get him involved, yeah. more or less, just to kind of get him into the fray. Um, I don't think, granted, obviously he's Cristiano Ronaldo and he can carry a team by himself if they I really mean, needed absolutely. him to. But they have the quality all around from an attacking and creative midfield perspective where they don't necessarily need to rely on him. So yeah. I don't think it was purposefully done. I might have been more of the players just trying to get him back into the groove of things. I'll put it that way. Ronaldo apparently gave a small speech in the locker room before the game, and it was probably like, give me the ball all the time. <laughs> so, so I'm betting that was what happened. Like, I'm back, bitches. <laughs> no, um, actually, but no, I agree with Mike trying to play through him. I got gotcha. you. Cool, cool. Yeah, I'm going to go Manu win there too. No Mikel Antonio. Uh, they still have a bunch of creative midfielders going forward. Suscek, uh, Ben yeah. Rama, Fornals. The, they definitely have the talent. I think they'll nick one, especially on a Manu that's kind of defensive. You know, a little leaky every now and then. They tend to tend to drop off a little bit. Two one three one Man U. And in the last game of the week, we have Tottenham at or no, Tottenham versus Chelsea. Eleven thirty a.m. London derby. Oh yeah, battle of the bridge or not the mm. bridge? They're not playing at the bridge, are they? No, they're not playing. No, at no, the no. They're at Tottenham. That's Spurs Stadium yet to be named. Yeah, you guys <laughs> got to really. You guys got to be bought. You should say. Yeah, yet to be bought. By Jeff Bezos, please, yeah. for the love of God. <laughs> you wish, you wish. Daniel Levy still wouldn't sell, so what's the difference? <laughs> the uh, last the uh, last five uh, results out of this, I'll throw it out to you guys, including a club friendly. Uh, three draws and two Chelsea wins. Tottenham have not nicked one off, at least in the last five. Yeah, as much as I love my Spurs um, and I want to give them an opportunity and a shot, there's still question marks, at least at the time we're recording this right now, about whether Bergwijn's going to play, whether Sun's going to play. Defensively, Eric Dyer, Jonathan Tanganga's out. Um, we're not even sure if Lo Celso or Romero or Sanchez will be able to play defensively. Given all of that, I'm going to go a Spurs one. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting uh, on that anyway. I was, I was like, but besides all that, one nothing. Yeah. Uh, if there's ever a one nothing game. Uh, that's it. Um, but, bangs in a free kick. But yeah, uh, with all that stacked against them, um, especially after that three 0 loss, I just get the feeling this is going to be a two 0 a two 0 loss to to Chelsea this week. So, yeah, um, you're spot on with everything you said. It's you look at these two teams, and the problems for Spurs are exactly the reason why Chelsea is so favored in this because. When you have players out, you can backfill those positions with players like Ziyech and, and Havertz and Hudson-Odoi and things like that. Um, losing Tanganga and and there in that back, I think it's just going to be too much for Spurs to overcome. And Chelsea are in great form as they have been when they finish the season. So I think this is going to be probably a 2-0 run out for Chelsea. Yeah, it's. I don't see any other result right now that they're moving and grooving for the most part. Um, I, I like I said, I still don't think we've seen the seen the best Chelsea just yet. Um, hopefully, maybe uh, this this week and this weekend. But what other thoughts you guys got? Everything coming up right now. We got Champions League, got Premier League, a lot of stuff. I really want to watch the Bayern Munich Barcelona game and see if they smack them again. Yeah, that'll that'll be a great game. And I'm gonna pull out an early bold prediction right now. Get ready for this. We hear it. Let's see how bold it is. We're gonna see a PSG Manchester United Champions League final. That is pretty bold, actually. Is, ah, not incredibly. It's, United it's has the ability like, to do it. What'd you say? It's not out of the question, but it is. It's a, it's a little out there. It's a little out there. I think this. I think this will come back. Mark this date. Mark this calendar. Mark the time. I'm calling it right now. And a PSG win. My boy Messi. So you really want PSG to take one. Uh, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna post this everywhere as this exact sound bite as soon as they get knocked <laughs> out. <laughs> Freezing cold takes. Yeah, yeah. Starring the one man show of Michael Nolan. <laughs> no, but excited though. Champions League to be back. I'm very, very stoked for that in general. I think a couple of teams are gonna surprise. Specifically, uh, I think a dark horse, a dark horse will be Wolfsburg uh, throughout the, the competition. They look good, man. They look good over so, in Germany right now. I, I think they're going to tear it up. Um, and then also, 
in your group also. I think they're in your group. Porto, right? Are they not? In your, in no. Your nah. I, I think they're they're going to make a lot of noise too. Um, I said that too. There were Liverpool, Atletico, and, and AC Milan though. Yeah. So I think they'll make a lot of noise. But um, yeah, very excited for that. And uh, excited also for, I'm sure we'll get to this, but our new mini series, our new mini series podcast that we're rolling. Do we have the today. name or is it official? Is yep, it- it's official. We're going to be starting a new 30-minute segment, um, releasing later on in the week um, at an unspecified date, so stay tuned. But we're going to be releasing uh, Hooligan Half Hours, where we're going to be bringing on a supporter from one of the 20 Premier League clubs. We're going to try to get through every single one of them from a supporters group, and we're going to kind of get their insights on the club, how they became supporters, what they think about how their club's operating and performing, where they can improve, and everything else regarding that club. Um First week out, we're starting with uh, Brighton Hove Albion. So you'll be able to hear that and enjoy a nice 30-minute roundup with uh, someone who has a little bit more expertise in that club than most other people. Specifically, too, a lot of this will be United States-based supporters mm-hmm. groups as well to kind of get their opinions, their thoughts, uh, especially as you know, people from the Estadios Unidos. Um, Where the hell did that come from? Yeah, what? I don't know. I, I've, been, I've, been, I've, been, I've been practicing Spanish on Duolingo. I feel like I felt the need to say that. You can open his Duolingo account right now. <laughs> you nailed Is that it, a stone shout out? Anyway, um, it's going to be awesome. Everyone should definitely check it out. Listen, you probably hear some cool stuff you didn't realize, and maybe even from a fantasy perspective, if you play fantasy Premier League, might hear a name or two to lock up for the future. You never know. So. Yeah, no, I'm definitely about it. It uh, If you guys know, if, if any, any listeners out there, if you are part of any supporter groups in the U.S. for any team, we're looking to interview them, slide into our DMs. We are always <laughs> open. And I'd love to, have a, love to sit down and have a conversation. Any other thoughts there, boys? That's all I got, my man. I'm tapped. Tapped out? Thoughtless. Tapped out. <laughs> Aren't That'll you always? But... <laughs> <laughs> You don't want there. Yeah, my bad. Nah, nah, nah. It's great. That'll do it for another episode of the Sunday League Screamers podcast. Like, comment, hit the bell, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also find us on Spotify, Apple, and anywhere else you get your podcast. Follow us on Twitter, SLScreamers underscore pod for daily tweets, updates, and the show, World Football in general. I'm your host of today's show, Steve McCutcheon, with Vito Anazelli and Michael Nowen signing off. <laughs>